In the middle of the room she paused, looking about her with a grave mouth and smiling eyes, and in that instant Newland Archer rejected the general verdict on her looks. It was true that her early radiance was gone. The red cheeks had paled. She was thin, worn, a little older-looking than her age, which must have been nearly thirty. But there was about her the mysterious authority of beauty, a sureness in the carriage of the head, the movement of the eyes, which, without being in the least theatrical, struck him as highly trained and full of conscious power. At the same time, she was simpler in manner than most of the ladies present, and many people, as he heard afterwards from Janey, were disappointed that her appearance was not more stylish, for stylishness was what New York most valued. It was, perhaps, Archer reflected, because her early vivacity had disappeared, because she was so quiet, quiet in her movements and the tones of her low-pitched voice. New York had expected something a good deal more resonant in a young woman with such a history. The dinner was a somewhat formidable business. Dining with the Vanderloydens was, at best, no light matter, and dining there with a duke, who was their cousin, was almost a religious solemnity. It pleased Archer to think that only an old New Yorker could perceive the shade of difference to New York between being merely a duke and being the Vanderloydens' duke. New York took stray noblemen calmly, and even, except in the Struthers' set, with a certain distrustful hauteur. But when they presented such credentials as these, they were received with an old-fashioned cordiality that they would have been greatly mistaken in ascribing solely to their standing in Debrett. It was for just such distinctions that the young man cherished his old New York, even while he smiled at it. The Vanderloydens had done their best to emphasize the importance of the occasion. The Dulac Sevres and the Trevenna George II plate were out. So was the Vanderloyden Lostoff from the East India Company and the Dagonet Crown Derby. Mrs. Vanderloyden looked more than ever like a cabanel, and Mrs. Archer, in her grandmother's seed pearls and emeralds, reminded her son of an Isabelle miniature. All the ladies had on their handsomest jewels, but it was characteristic of the house and the occasion, that these were mostly in rather heavy, old-fashioned settings, and old Miss Lanning, who had been persuaded to come, actually wore her mother's cameos and a Spanish blonde shawl. The Countess Olenska was the only young woman at the dinner, yet as Archer scanned the smooth, plump, elderly faces between their diamond necklaces and towering ostrich feathers, they struck him as curiously immature compared with hers. It frightened him to think what must have gone to the making of her eyes. The Duke of St. Austri, who sat at his hostess's right, was naturally the chief figure of the evening, but if the Countess Olenska was less conspicuous than had been hoped, the Duke was almost invisible. Being a well-bred man, he had not, like another recent ducal visitor, come to the dinner in a shooting jacket. But his evening clothes were so shabby and baggy, 
and he wore them with such an air of their being homespun, that, with his stooping way of sitting and his vast beard spreading over his shirt-front, he hardly gave the appearance of being in dinner attire. He was short, round-shouldered, sunburnt, with a thick nose, small eyes, and a sociable smile. But he seldom spoke, and when he did it was in such low tones that, despite the frequent silences of expectation about the table, his remarks were lost to all but his neighbors. When the men joined the ladies after dinner, the duke went straight up to the Countess Olenska, and they sat down in a corner and plunged into an animated talk. Neither seemed aware that the duke should first have paid respects to Mrs. Lovell Mingott and Mrs. Headley Chivers, and the countess have conversed with that amiable hypochondriac, Mr. Urban Dagonet of Washington Square, who, in order to have the pleasure of meeting her, had broken through his fixed rule of not dining out, between January and April. 